tonight on Whiskey Waffle, in the words of Mortal Kombat. Finish him! I'm not starting, not middles, not start of the third act, no, finish him. I just want to see some sort of whiskey-fueled twerking. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode number 48 of the Whiskey Waffle podcast. Oh, yeah. Ted's excited. He's I got am. His, he's got his excited face on. So that across sitting from me is Ted. And sitting across from me is Nick. Yeah, how you doing, Ted? Yeah, I'm good. How are yeah. you doing? You're looking a bit hot and flustered there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've spent a little bit of time playing around with these microphones. Trying to get that... Uh Plug into a uh, tight little hole. Oh yeah, but um, <laughs> I'm an expert on that. So I'm. Um, <laughs> oh gosh, we've turned off listeners already. Let's yeah. uh, let's move on to the whiskey. Speaking of which, Ted, we've begun podcasting without anything in our. I know glass. we got so distracted by technical difficulties that we uh, forgot to actually pour ourselves a drink. What are, what are we going to drink? What do we feel like? What about that? Um, what about that green spot? Eh. Let's do it. Yep. So this green spot may well be linked to the theme of the episode. You want to tell us about it, Ted? So this is Green Spot. It's Irish. It's a single pot still Irish whiskey. So that uh, pot still is like that proper Irish style. It's a bit different to what they do in Scotland. And this one has been finished. Mm. It's been finished in Bordeaux wine casks. Ooh, Bordeaux wine from, casks. From uh, a place called Chateau Leoville Barton. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Well, let's time jump forward a millisecond into which time it is in our glass. So, Ted, you say this whiskey was finished in Bordeaux casks. Mm, I do. Does that mean that it was not started in Bordeaux casks? No, or it was Or indeed middled? No, uh, so this one was matured initially in American bourbon mm. and sherry casks. I assume the uh, sherry weren't American. <laughs> um, and then finished in casks, previously filled with wine from the ah. famed Chateau Leoville Barton. Curious. I mean, that whole uh, concept sounds like a fascinating thing to talk about in a waffle. You know what? I think that's an excellent idea, <laughs> and we should do that. And we totally did not plan that ahead not of time. Not at all. That was that was just spur this of the moment, wasn't spontaneous it? Spontaneous and off the cuff uh, podcasting at its best. Oh yes, definitely, definitely. Um, mm. No. So the topic of today's episode is going to be all about finishing casks, um, interesting, successful, both or neither. But 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 you like buts, don't you, Ted? And I cannot lie. Yeah. No matter the size. <laughs> uh, no, before before we get into uh, talking about finishing, we have a new waffler, official waffler to induct. An official waffler. That's very exciting when there is another one of you joining our official waffling ranks. Indeed. So, cue the dramatic music. We induct you as an official waffler. To pontificate purposefully and verbalize verbosely. Is it good? AKA Hayden. Hayden. <laughs> Welcome on board, my friend, at tasting panel level. And tell you what, we've got something special for you coming out this month. And your fellow tasting panel member. Membler. Membler. <laughs> it's only the beginning of the podcast. Well, I, I haven't even had a sip. You <laughs> haven't even had a sip. I know. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. yeah, and your fellow tasting panel memberless. No, I still can't do it. <laughs> I give in. Um, members? Go, members, yes. <laughs> I struggle with members. Ted, <laughs> Ted doesn't. Um, no. <laughs> Got a good grip on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's something pretty amazing coming out this month for you guys. But all that drinking buddies have got something nice coming towards them as well. Mm. I was planning on posting myself. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but can you split it as many mm. ways as required? Who's going to get your little toe? Well, I think it will have to be someone quite special. Mm, yep, yep. All right, then. Shall we get waffling, then? Yeah, I reckon we should. Let's finish. The Waffle. In the words of Mortal Kombat, finish him! <laughs> well, finish it, I suppose, in regards to the whiskey mm. that we are going to be drinking. Yeah, so... Yeah, what does that actually mean? Yeah, I was about to ask you the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Wait, don't tell me you didn't do your research either. <laughs> I was just relying on you getting it done. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I think probably this is one of those concepts that most whiskey drinkers are very familiar with. Yeah, even even if they might not have sort of really thought about it per se, mm. yeah, you probably would have 
definitely come across it. Um, I think we probably need to take a step back from the finishing mm. and go more back to the start of it. Yeah, it's, it's a very good place to start. Yes, it is. Um, we need to talk about casks mm. and what you put in them. I personally like to put fish in mine, but excellent, excellent. Um, hobbits don't like apples, though. No, in their in their barrels, no, um, no. they make them feel quite queasy after <laughs> a trip down the river. No, okay. So we we all know, well, you should know if you're listening to this, you probably know that to age whiskey, you put it in barrels, and of course, uh, three quarters of the flavour and four quarters of the colour comes from said barrel. Indeedy do. Now, for for most of the history, you would of whiskey. People just put whiskey in an barrel, mm-hmm. aged it until it was done, and then took it out and they either drank it straight from that barrel or they mixed it with other ones, called it a blend. And moved on with their lives. And moved it on. Well, maybe not a blend. Maybe it could be a marriage too if it's a single malt. Mm. Um, but yeah, we moved on. But then, allegedly, allegedly, we, we cannot completely confirm this. And if we do say it, it's it's a true fact. Someone's probably mm. going to come and I'm going, well, did you know? It is um, a bit of a disputed one, yes, yeah. but... We'll give some credit. 1980s, a bloke called... David Stewart. Who worked at... Balvenie Distillery. Which we are... Big fans of. Indeed. <laughs> um, yeah. Hope I said all the things that were in your mind there, yep. Ted. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> That's it. Um, We've been podcasting for a while, ladies Basically, and he'd been making some whiskey and he thought, hmm, I don't know if that, that was his, his exact words. <laughs> hmm, I kind of want to do something a bit different with this whiskey. Why don't... I take it out of this barrel and put it in a different barrel for a little bit to finish it off. Yeah, and the results spoke for themselves. Um, it went on to become what would be known as the Balvenie Doublewood, and it became the template for finishing whiskies, aging it for a period of time in American Oak ex-bourbon casks, then transferring it into an ex-sherry cask, ex-fortified cask, something with a bit more Shazam, just to get it... A little mm. bit more exciting, but without wasting all that sherry goodness um, mm. on a 12-year maturation. Yeah, that's it. That I think one really important factor in the whole finishing thing is it's a way to sort of differentiate your whiskey and make it interesting. This is probably a particularly particular feature of smaller outfits or indie outfits or ones that are sort of trying to change things up a bit. Yeah, you're not wrong because the bigger guys, they have all these barrels they can blend mm. together to create that. Although, I suppose in terms of the big guys as well, it's a way to create a new product line as well mm. without having to tinker with like your mash bill or the way you're distilling it or your sort of your main maturation length. You can still do all those normal things that you do. And then you grab this particular barrel, which has got some funky, interesting thing going on with it. You chuck your whiskey in there and Bob's your... Um, made an aunt. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, it did start off as being very sherry-focused. Sherry was mm. the ultimate finishing cask because American Oak ex-bourbon is really affordable. It's everywhere. There are lots of them, um, but it might not give as heavy a flavor as the distillers want. So a couple more years in a sherry cask does the trick. Mm. But, of course, things have kind of progressed from there, and mm. it's not just sherry anymore. No, 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 no. Sherry, sherry is... Bu- one of a myriad of things you can finish. And there seems to be a bit of a whiskey-making arms race out there as who can finish in the weirdest casks. Yeah, I mean, something probably on the less weird side is uh, wine. Yeah, and in actual fact, we've got that wine barrel matured, well, wine barrel finished, green spot in our glass. So it's probably a good time to mention that. Does it smell Irish to you? So, yes, it does. So this... As I mentioned in the intro, um, this is an Irish pot still. It's been triple distilled in the Irish style. Um, yeah. So, Nick, tell me about Bordeaux. Bordeaux is a wine region of France on the west coast um, end of France or mm-hmm. sort of southwest um, where it's quite warm but also a bit coastal. And, of course, they grow some of the best Cabernet grapes but also Merlot, Cab Franc, um, bit of Petit Verdo, Malbec, etc., to make their famous Bordeaux blend. But basically, it's known as the heaviest style of French red. And of mm. course, heavy French reds need barrel aging. They do. And so those barrels, once they're done aging those heavy reds, need uh, something to do. And so they get repurposed. Yeah, shipped off to Ireland in this case. Mm. 
Um, yeah. So in that, I suppose in that triple distilled Irish pot still style, it's got light and green and spicy, but I think it's got this sort of dampness to it, a bit of must, musty funkiness to it, which I think comes from the Bordeaux. Yeah, it's got heaps of fruit on the nose, and on the palate, mm. it's quite sour, like a sour fruit, mm. um, which is really interesting. But it's also got this grainy, sort of spicy. It's, it, it's it's a bit spicy in the way that rye is, but in a really mellow and well balanced sort of way. Um, but yeah, so wine, wine though as a category is interesting because you've got so many different regions and styles and varieties. And I don't so, think we're going to run out of finishing options in wine. Like yeah, across off France, Spain, Italy, like Barolo is one of those ones that gets a real heap of finishing products. In fact, probably the longest finishing time I've ever witnessed is a bottle sitting up on the shelf there, the Springbank Gaja Barolo cask. Oh, yeah. Five years in American Oak, ex-Bourbon. Yep. Four years in uh, Barolo Jeez. casks from Italy. Yeah, and we haven't actually really talked about that yet. Um, so finishing lengths. Well, it's usually maybe a fifth or a sixth of the overall time. It's it's certainly not a majority. Mm. Yeah, quite often you'll get... I mean, this this one, I think, was 10 months. Yeah. Yeah, so I think one. maybe 10 or 11 years in an initial cask and then one or two years in another one mm. as a basic rule. I saw a, I saw a good quote, which um, was that fin- finishing should be like a picture frame. I'm paraphrasing a bit here, but yeah, finish, finishing should be a picture frame, it, a good picture frame. It's something that helps sort of accentuate and draw you into the to the um the main sort of artwork of the of the release so yeah it's something that just kind of gives it an extra twist and zest and interest to it but the picture should exist on its own yeah initially yep Mm. and i think that's that's where the balance gets interesting because you don't want your picture frame to swamp your picture. Yeah, yeah. No, this is it. Van Gogh's sunglasses. Van Gogh's sunglasses. Sunglasses. Van, Van Gogh's sunflowers will look amazing, um, you know, just blue tacked to your bedroom wall. Um, but the frame will just give it that extra um, X factor. Yeah. So, so wine, we've talked about wine. Mm. We've talked about sherry. But yeah. of course, port is another one that we yeah, should mention. Yeah, port, port's a... Port's a classic wine. I think Scottish people are really scared of port maturation because um, a lot of the stuff that they access can turn a whiskey really sort of pink and make it a little bit insipid. Mm. Um, we're very lucky of um, in Tassie with our port matured whiskies that are fully matured in port that it goes in a completely different direction. But I think that's to do with our spirit. Mm. Whereas um, just the finishing in port in Scotland, that's going to make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, basically... If you can stick it in a barrel, mm. you can then use whiskey to finish it. Yeah. With I mean, so um, Australian Whiskey Appreciation Society AWOS, um, has just had an interesting um, couple of Kilhoman releases come out. Ah um, yes. So they've one one um, is it one that I've seen a bit sort of more commonly um, is a Sauternes. What's remind me what a Sauternes? Italian is? dessert wine, so it's yeah. a sweet one. So it's going to have a bit of a um, sweeter the finish. Glen Morangy Nectar Door. Is um, yeah. famously finished, or yeah, I think it's finished because most Glenmorangies are initially matured in experiment. Yeah, casks. I think I think Doctor Bill was actually an early exponent of um, the finishing, mm. and he thing. reckons that you can't initially mature in some of these things because the Glenmorangie spirit is too light and just won't yeah. take it. So you get that initial maturation, and then yeah, Doctor Bill he's played around with a bunch of stuff, so he is a yeah bit of a pioneer. I can see where because because Glenmorangie famously has these very tall, very sort of narrow long necks very um positive skinny line arms on them yeah and that produces a really light style spirit which you really do need that bourbon casking to allow the spirit to, Just to let of, it mature really yeah, yeah. okay so sautans was one so sautans was one but then the other one mm. way more interesting yeah Mezcal. 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 so essentially a tequila style yeah yeah so it's it's like that whole um all cactuses are succulents, but not all succulents are cactuses. Um, <laughs> yep. all, all tequila is mezcal, but not all mezcal is tequila because yeah, it's yeah. Uh, appellated. Yeah, so. gotcha. So, yeah, they haven't got a tequila specifically. But, yeah, no, that'd be really interesting. And obviously various other spirits that are barrel-aged. Mm. Um, rum casking is quite an, uh, a famous finishing. But I did hear about this, get this, a barrel-aged gin finished whiskey. 
Yeah, I, I, I think I came across that one yeah. when I was researching as well. <laughs> it sounds horrible, but mm. man, I'd give it a go. <laughs> yeah, isn't that interesting? But um, another interesting one that we should mention, uh, partly because of what's in one of our glasses here, is um, beer-finished mm. whiskies. We've never quite... Uh, we've never quite got the beer thing. Well, it's not that we haven't got it. It's just... The ones that we've had have never quite got it right. Yeah, and I think there's a reason to that. Just because you're aging a grain spirit in uh, an also grain-based product as well um, with the, with the beer, it, it maybe doesn't give it enough contrast definition. I think I think it works better the other way. I think beer aged in whiskey barrels mm. gets a real punch to it. You're not wrong. Whereas whiskey aged in beer barrels, yeah, just maybe takes a bit of edge off, it, or at least. The beer, as you say, the beer isn't differentiated enough to mm. really give it punch. Yeah. Well, the thing with the, the beer being in the whiskey barrels, of course, it is um, sort of there's a bit more um, evaporation going on. So it syrups up the beer, strengthens up, so we get this sort of uh, more concentrated beer flavor. So the next whiskey that we have to try tonight is a Hobart whiskey mm. that's been finished in a type of beer cask. I just want to give a little shout out to Hobart whiskey, John Jarvis and the crew down there um these guys are tasmanian pioneers in barrel finishes because they almost exclusively mature all of their whiskey in ex bourbon casks and they really like ex bourbon casks and if you get to try their signature that's just a really good example of the sort of flavors you can create in tasmania with ex bourbon casks just blending a few of their barrels together to get the right flavor profile but once you've got a mature ex bourbon whiskey you can then finish it in a number of things and that's what they've been doing um, and we've tried a few different like Pinot casks. Um, we've tried a sherry. But this one we've got is an Imperial Stout finished mm. whiskey. Like if you're going to use a beer, mm. I feel like an Imperial Stout could well be a good one to give a whiskey kick. I, I think, think it so. adds a creaminess to it's the It's really whiskey. creamy and vanilla mm. yeah. It's still lively. Mm. Really lively. Yeah. I, th- I think... Different to some other finishing styles, I think beer more adds to the the feel of the whiskey and the body and sort of the texture of it and the way it goes across your palate, mm. as opposed to yeah, like probably like that Sauterns Kilhoma. I, yeah, I haven't yeah. tried it yet, but I'm just Flavor. guessing it's mm. it's going to that's going to add a sort of certain sweetness to. I the- do actually like the concept of a peated whiskey finished in something sweet. Mm. Um, like a dessert wine finished or like a Pedro Jimenez, Jimenez. finished yeah uh, like a sweet pizza the combo they do tend to go together quite well mm. but um, just speaking of beer cask as well there's of course that famous or infamous Glenfiddich IPA mm. cask part of their experimental series which I just I just didn't get on board with yeah I've got a bottle and it's fine but mm. it just really tastes like Glen Fid. Like yeah, it, but I mean, I mean, does IPA really lend itself to barrel aging anyway? Like, mm, it's, I know you're just trying to trying to create something just for the sake of it. And that's it. I think sometimes you could potentially go a bit overboard mm. with these things. Yeah, there are actually some uh, barrel finishing skeptics out there, and I think a lot of them come from America because barrel finishing is not really the done thing for bourbon. Mm. Bourbon is very traditional. Well, you know, it has very certain rules that it has to follow, especially to do with cask types. Yeah, I was trying to get my head around that um, last night about how you could have finished bourbon because I thought the deal with bourbon was it had to be aged in a virgin oak barrel. Mm, well, certainly for an amount of time. And I think I think I've maybe come down on if it's called a straight bourbon, straight whiskey then that would have to be like the completely pure form, no other mm. stuff going on. It also on. has to be at least two years old to be called a straight bourbon yeah. in virgin oak casks. Yeah, well, I mean, there are rules because I was just reading about this um, uh, on Vinpair. They've been doing some um, really good research about it. Um, they, they say most finishing whiskies are actually filed under a different class of whiskey in America, type 641, inverted commas, whiskey specialties. And they're allowed to have like, 2.5%, get this, <laughs> HCFBM. I do love a bit of HCFBM <laughs> in my whiskey. Harmless colouring, flavouring, blending material. Basically, um, there's a lot of sceptics out there saying that it's basically people just dumping flavour sachets or, you know, half a gallon of port straight into their spirit. Yeah, right. Um, just, you know, it's adding flavour without adding any sort of maturation. Mm. So, And, you know, 2.5%, that's, um, that's a fair bit. 
Yeah, it was, a, it was actually interesting. I was looking up a bit about um, additives in bourbon hmm. or American whiskey. And it's more of a, um, it's more of a, I suppose, an older sort of historic traditional practice. But I mean, outside of that straight, straight bourbon um, category, you can, yeah, add certain things. I, I saw something about adding peach juice. Peach juice. That peach juice seems is so an wrong. additive. Yeah. Well, did you hear it? Um, did you hear about any other weird finished barrels though? What are some of the weirdest ones that you heard? Well, in in that um, article, they were, they were talking about a um, baseball bat. A baseball bat, yeah, yeah. So the article were mentioned by Aaron Goldfarb. He's um, writing on Vinpair, and um, yeah, it was I guess sort of uh, going off the branding of a famous baseball player, and there would be um, bits of like staves of baseball bat thrust into the barrel. Weird. Yeah, and that bone marrow one. Yeah, he mentioned uh, they added bone marrow into a barrel. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, apparently they had to chuck the results of that one out. Yeah, but you good. don't know if you don't try. Well, our final whiskey that we're going to taste tonight is, is a little bit along those lines. Mm. Um, so the last one is also from Hobart Whiskey, but this it's their recent release for. Dark Mofo. Yeah, what they call their Winter Feast 2022. So it's just about well, it's last weekend it came out. Mm. Mm, so it's a really, really new one. And um, they played around with a barrel finish. So what they did, so they got this finishing cask, and I'm going to quote off the back of this um, label here, so I'm not going to get it wrong. The finishing cask was left in box bacon natural fire smokehouse for a week, where it was infused with bacon smoke. And then we filled this cask with natural Canadian maple syrup to provide a sweet and smoky barrel before finishing our ex-bourbon mature single malt whiskey for several months. And the other thing they say, a smoky bacon maple syrup cask finish. A truly unique whiskey. Oh, <laughs> I can't drink this now. <laughs> yep. There's only 200 bottles uh, made. And um, yeah, this one's been released at 55%. And um, yeah, Ted and I have just poured it for the first time. So we yeah, better have a well, sniff. We've actually, we've actually had it sitting out for a bit. Um, mm, in the glass. I think when we first poured it, it was a bit sort of dead on the nose. But <sighs> it's not dead now. I think... I think now it's been sitting around. It has definitely opened up, and it's definitely it's got a sweet mm-hmm. maple syrupy note to it. Oh yeah, the maple syrup is and definitely there. A bit of a smoky bacon hint. Yeah, a bit of a salty sort of thing, which I mean that's what they're going for. It's it's like sniffing a um, ham hock. Mm, yeah, this is it, glazed ham. Yeah, that's it, glazed glazed ham. Mm-hmm. All right, shall we taste it? I think we shall. No. <laughs> It's crispy. It is. It's like there's a real dichotomy of sweet versus smoky. It's very syrupy. It is very syrupy. It's almost like a liqueur on that side Mm. of things. But then it finishes with this really, uh, yeah, Ah. meaty. On the subject of liqueur, though, Mm. on the subject of liqueur, this is something I wanted to discuss as well. And it, it goes back to that whole additive thing. What is the difference, may I ask, between... Pouring your whiskey into a wet barrel. So that's by wet barrel we mean one that's still got a certain percentage of um, whatever was left in there before. So quite often it's like they, when they do this, it's sherry um, still in there or wine. In this case, who knows? Maple syrup mm-hmm. still left in there. Yep. What is the difference between doing that and just measuring out some whatever? And pouring it into your into your barrel. <laughs> well, I mean, there isn't specific rules to say that you need to have dried out the barrel for X number of days. Mm-hmm. Make sure there's zero point five percent moisture content in there. No, there's no rules like that. Just whack it in. Um, I think the only difference is a degree of cynicism. Yeah, Roman- romanticism. A lack of romance. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I think um, having this sort of like magical barrel from this interesting place that's still got a sort of a a coating of the uh, the original contents in there is more romantic than yeah, just some bloke in lab coat going right, measure, <laughs> pour. Yep, there you go. You're not wrong, and in a lot of times, like doing that sort of thing can overwhelm the spirit. Mm. But for a funky festival release like this, I'm actually not holding it against it. I think this would go well at a midwinter festival with a large plate of pig related. <laughs> 
Um, you can taste meats. the bacon, can't you? That's the oh. thing that I was actually really surprised about. It starts off really sweet, but then it just finishes it's, it's like... It's so syrupy as well, though. It's yeah. like, it's mega syrupy. Um, I'm not sure I can call it whiskey, but it's mm. actually really tasty. <laughs> You're right. This is this is actually one whiskey that I really sort of wonder about. It's, um, it's very much a liqueur, I think. Mm. Yeah. But a good one. Oh well, this is the thing. A lot of the cures I've tried have been pretty rubbish. So this yeah. is um, this is definitely firmly rooted in the whiskey camp. Well, um, we're actually going to send some of this out to our tasting panelists this month. So yeah. um, good time to join up as a tasting panelist so you can try some of this maple bacon whiskey, Indeed. and let us know what you think. Is it actually a whiskey? That is the big question. I think so. I think so in this case. Mm. There's, a, I, there's a strong debate going on within me. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually liqueurs are below 40%. This one is 55 Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's cask liqueur. Yeah. I don't think they've made a pig's ear of it either. <laughs> Give me a mini monologue, Ted. Whence came the whiskey? <laughs> it poured from the sky like the tears of God, bringing forth... It's exuberant and beautiful flavours. The whiskey. Okay, review time. On the subject of finishing. Yeah, this one is one of Australia's most famous finished whiskies. Indeed. Now, where does it hail from? Um, this one is from Victoria, from the distillery known to one and all as Starwood. Starwood. Mm. Now, Starwood is an interesting one because we are talking about wine cask finishing before. Starwood doesn't do wine cask finishing for one very specific reason. That's because they age it all in wine. <laughs> yep. Their wine casks are everybody else's bourbon casks. Yeah. And they started off in wine casks. They were one of the first uh, distilleries to really just delve deep into the whole wine thing. Yeah, and they've they've achieved some really impressive results. Um, it's one of the most impressive things about Starwood is they've made wine casking a really acceptable all-around flavour um, without making it cloying or over the top, without making it too sweet or too dry. Um, they've found a really good balance, and I think that's because they've got lots of barrels now so they can blend lots together. Yeah, lots but, and lots of barrels. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they can't finish anything, something, something different. Have they finished in a bourbon cask, Ted? That would be... Um... Uh, yeah, bit back to front. No, yeah. no, 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 no. They haven't done that. Mm. This one is distinctive on the nose. Oh, yes. You're no mistaking this one and this. Oh. <laughs> Again, I feel like we're cheating whiskey tonight, but this one is a cult classic. Indeed it is. It is the Starwood Ginger Beer Cask. Mm. So they've done a few ginger beer casks throughout time, and this is number seven. So once upon a time, I think I tried the very first ginger beer mm. cask, and um, I had a bottle of it, and it was yeah very enjoyable. But it was um, a cask they got another brewer to fill their ginger beer into. These days, they make their own ginger beer, mm. and it's a lively ginger beer. They pack it full of flavor because they know that the only reason they're doing this is so they can put a whiskey in it later. Yeah, and you want that to transfer over. Yeah, absolutely. So they brew their own ginger beer and put it into a barrel, and then they transfer their ex-wine-matured whiskey into said barrel. And then? And then, well, they decide if it's ginger beery enough, and then they release it as their latest ginger beer cask. And they've released this one just recently at 48%, and um, yeah, they... They say it's evolving all the time, and this is sort of where they're at right now. And this is the first time that my colleague and I have got to try it, so mm, very exciting. At least this release. Mm, this release, yeah. Yeah. So, nose, freshly gingery. Oh, yes. I mean, there's no mistaking. Like, if you were to serve this up in a blind tasting, you'd be like, are you sure you've given me whiskey? Mm. It tastes like they've sort of just grated some fresh ginger into there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... 100% convinced that they haven't. <laughs> yeah. We were at a whiskey night in Launceston once, and I think it was John Wylestra from Coralin Distillery gave us a try of a whiskey, which actually did have ginger. Yeah, a little nub of ginger added little, into the barrel. Just, yeah, ginger nubs. That's, that's what we like, ginger nubs, <laughs> um, thrown into the barrel. And that that really was just fresh gingery. This, this is almost... Like that. Yeah, but this is spicier, and it's also more sort of floral and herbal. You get that on the nose. 
It reminds me of when you poured me that quinoa whiskey for the first time. Mm. It's not as earthy as that, though. I think this is sort of a, an interesting mix, mixture between um, gingerbread biscuits mm-hmm. and Asian cooking. Yeah. It's a fusion Yeah, in the, best, if, in the best Australian tradition. I know. And if I was to come down on one side, it would possibly be the Asian cooking. Because mm. I think there's a bit of soy. Um, there's a little bit of uh, chili. Um, it's just really quite spiced in general. And ginger is the predominant one. But that's not all that's going on here. Mm. It's just, yeah, fresh. It's fr- it is fresh. It's fresh and clean and bright on the nose. Yeah. Well, shall we have a sip? I think we shall. <laughs> I'm getting notes of, hmm, what is that? Ginger? <laughs> I think so. And one of the interesting things about this palette is it's a bit like drinking a strong ginger beer in the sense mm. that it, it's got a bit of a burn to the back of the palate, not it's an got alcohol a bit of a burn. It's almost. Yeah. And I think the more you drink of a ginger beer like that, the sort of stronger it gets. It just builds up. Mm. And um, yeah, just having a second sip, like, yeah, let's, let's just push it a little bit further, push it a little bit further. That really ginger spice that just lingers at the back of your palate. Mm. It certainly does stay. It has staying power. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's it. And the finish, I think, is all to do with that cask. Mm. Mm. But it's also got lots of fruit, like some pineapple. Um, I think it's an upside-down cake, really. Yeah, actually, that's a good way of saying it. It's because it's got some sweetness in there, too. Mm. Bit of, um, yeah, a bit of body to it. Mm-hmm. But that... Um, candy ginger. Yeah, candy ginger, absolutely. Mm. The sweetness never gets out of control. Like it's um sort of um probably probably threatens towards that really sweet cakey thing that I was mentioning, mm. but then it stops short and pulls up at more dry ginger territory. Yeah. Well to sum up, mm. I like it. I don't think it's for everyone. No. I think I think well, if if you don't like ginger, this is not for you. No. Um if you do like ginger <laughs> and ginger beer. Song. Yeah. You'll love this whiskey. I think it's more of a occasional curio than a, just a easy Session. sessioner. Yeah. Um, no, it's not an easy sessioner, is it? No, which means that I think it's a three. Yeah. I don't think it's got enough sort of other character to it or depth and richness and sort of other things going on to elevate it into four territory, mm. four star. But I think it's just a really interesting sort of solid curious whiskey yeah no i agree it's not pushing for it's definitely not pushing for it's more carried along by the novelty and the curiosity but it's also it just really shows what whiskey potentially can be or should be or possibly shouldn't be for a few people (laughs) yeah Mm. it's just um just keeps the door open for all these possibilities and um yeah it's not one i'm going to go to every night but i'm pleased it exists indeed what do you reckon Probably the basis of a decent cocktail as well. I think so. I think it could actually stand up really well. It's it's got it's got enough flavour in there. Definitely got enough ginger flavour in there mm. to hold its own. Yeah, uh, maybe else, so. maybe mix it with some stones, <laughs> a bit of ginger wine there. Yeah. Uh, maybe top it up with a bit of dry ginger. <laughs> yeah, spiked uh, ginger. I know it'd be it would be interesting. Mm. No, I think it could replace one of those ingredients really in a cocktail. Yeah. Mm. But they're certainly pushing the envelope. Old Starwood. And you know what else they're doing? Pushing the envelope. Ah, all right. There you go. The Starwood ginger beer cask. Coming to all of our drinking buddies out there. I don't know if you guys might have sought this one out for yourself, but hopefully not. And hopefully this is your way of trying it and see what you think. Please don't feed it to the carrier pigeon. It'll Mm. probably put it off. Indeed, indeed. It will never find its way home. Anyway... Let us know what you think. Uh, have a chat to us on Patreon. Hit us up on social medias if you have had the uh, ginger beer cask and if you love it or hate it or indifferent. Is is this the uh, coriander of uh, whiskey <laughs> releases? Quite possibly. You know what? I don't mind a bit of ginger. Well, I married one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic times. On that note, <laughs> let us progress. They're as filthy as carrier pigeons. No, carrier pigeons are majestic and noble beasts. These guys are regular pigeons. <laughs> filthy flying rats. Rats of the sky. Nick. Yes. We have 
A challenge. Ooh, challenge. We challenge, challenge accepted. Hang on, wait. What's the challenge? <laughs> well, you have to boil your eyes <laughs> and then feed them to scorpions. Is this when you are drinking whiskey with your eyes again, Ted? Yes. That's what um, it felt like. No, um, we have a challenge from a listener. Oh, Alex Finlater. Oh, he's not a, just a listener. He's a Patreon. He's a Patreon. He's one of our official wafflers in a sanctum. Indeed. He has challenged us to a mystery whiskey. Mystery whiskey. Oh, not a mystery whiskey. Now, he slipped us these bottles um, at our recent waffle night, uh, two space eyes to every story. Mm-hmm. And we're like, ooh, what are these? And he said, I can't tell you. You've got to try them. Yeah. Now, I happened to have uh, lunch with him on the weekend and he couldn't contain himself. All right. And he took me downstairs. Hey, hey, hey. And show me the bottle. I like it. And so I know what it is. Right, so it's only a mystery for me. So it's a mystery for you. All right, put me on the spot. That's good. So much for our unity of uh, waffling together. I'm well, sorry, I couldn't avert my eyes in time. Oh, let loose, honey! This is Ted from the future. We have just been trying the Archie Rose Red Gum Smoked Whiskey. Let's find out how we went. All right, then. So I've got it in the glass now, and it's, um, well, it so, is quite dark. Yeah, well, describe, describe the color. It's... Yeah, it's, uh, so I've got a, um, a glass of whiskey next to it and a glass of red wine, and it's closer to the red wine than the uh, mm. whiskey, so. Mm. All right, then I better have a nose. Would you like mine? Um, yeah, no, I'll stick with mine because I'm getting a lot of, uh, a lot of peat that's not Isla. Very dry, very earthy, very herbal. Yeah, there's a weird note in there, isn't there? And there's a weird note, yes. And I cannot, for the life of me, put a finger on that. So I will have yours, Ted. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What is that? It's a a bushfire, but not really burning. Not that heavily. It's like really green stuff that's burning. Not the... um, Yeah, you're right, actually. It's it's like a a brush fire in a um, Mm. wet wet forest. Hmm. That's bizarre. Oh... You know what I just got then? Big whiff of it, mm. really big whiff of it. Fresh parsley. Fresh parsley. I've yeah. never got. I've never got parsley <laughs> in a whiskey before. Well, I said herbal, yeah. Mm. So what? What are you? What are you thinking about it so far? Like, oh, where... it's probably not Scottish. Um, doesn't seem very traditional to me. Unless it's a funky Ben Nevis or something. Well, I, I mean, the the litmus test is: mm-hmm. would the uh, cynical Scot scream blue murder about it? <laughs> he usually does. So. Yeah. But um, it doesn't smell like a sherry cask, so I'm guessing either a wine cask or a virgin oak. Or... Mm. All right, well, how about we stop uh, dipping our noses yeah. into the uh, tannin and let's... let's... Have, a, have a slurp. Well, it's got to be close to cask strength. It's very weirdly meaty. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a funny flavour. Very isn't it? ashy on the finish. It's very, it's a very herbal smoke, isn't it? Yeah, but I I think I think there is like a Christmas honeyed ham or something in, in amongst mm. that. But it's not so much complementing those burnt flavours. It's sort of uh, competing with. But um, mm. it's, a, it's an interesting experience. I'll I'll certainly give it that. It's, it's actually it's, quite exciting because I don't know what's going on. It's like walking through a uh, through the delis at a market. Mm. And you're getting all those in Delhi, of, yeah, yeah. You're getting all those sort of um, different meats and um, produce and all, everything all blending together. Yeah, and, and someone's and got a fire burning somewhere, and yeah, yeah. There are some weird spices in there too. I don't know if um, Alex is really expecting me to uh, to correctly identify this because I'm more confused than just about ever. Maybe not as confused as quinoa whiskey, but it's got to be. Oh, a- yeah, that was that was a classic classic day. Mm. I love that. So. I guess one of the first questions I need to ask is: It single malt? Um. Well, I'm asking yes. myself, but uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna. I was, yeah, I was assuming that it was. I think there's enough flavour that's probably imparted from the treatment of the grain. Okay, there is a rubbery sort of thing. That's that's the weird note that I'm getting. So I'm I'm prepared to say this is Australian from that note because I've only ever detected it in some Australian peated versions. Um, a lot of the ones I've detected it in have been like Victorian ones, but it, uh, some some Tassies, yeah, uh, mm. potentially New South Wales. So I'm going to rule out Western Australia. Okay, um, doesn't doesn't taste like a uh, wannabe bourbon, fake bourbon, no. So I'm going to go East Coast. 
East Coast, all right. Um, Tassie, Victoria, New South Wales. Um, it's around about 56%. It's an ex-virgin oak cask, and it has been peated with something local, like a some sort of... Oh, it could be like the Archie Rose. Um, what is it? That red gum smoked or whatever that they've done. Because that, that, this is this sort of local local smoking or something like that. You know what? What? Lord Walden is going to be very pleased. Is he? He is. Why is that? Pa- Patreon follower, Lord Walden. Yeah. Because he, was, he, he asked us a question recently on the Patreon. Whether anyone had actually tried the Archie Rose red gum smoked whiskey. And we said, well, you'll have to go find a bottle of it because, yeah, we, we've not tried it and I, we don't think we can get it anymore anyway. So is that this? It is this. Oh, hey, I got there. I Great got work. there. Yes. <laughs> nice. Which well, is I- slightly annoying because I was, I, I was two seconds away from asking you, like, before you actually work out or reveal it, what do you actually think of it going in blind? But now now that you know what it is, we have to... Yeah, now my, my internal biases creep in. No, I think mm. I reflect on what I said before. It's quite an exciting whiskey. It's full mm. of flavours that butt heads, mm. that clash. It doesn't seem but, to... Um, yeah, it doesn't seem to really um, sit You're right on smoothly. with that. Um, they, they, they say on their um, site, campfire smoke, smoked meat ripe nectarines, fresh jasmine and lavender. Mm. No parsley, though. I don't know why. <laughs> and aged for two years in Australian apera casks. Ah, so it is a sherry cask. Well, I got that mm. bit wrong. And it's 53%. Yeah, yeah. I was you're 3% pretty, off. Yeah, you were pretty pretty close there. Well, there you go. That is the Hachiro's Remgard smoke. I've got to try it. Um, no, I'm, I'm really pleased I've tried it, too, because I think it's a really interesting... It's, it's fascinating. It's not one I'd go to every day. No, no, no. I, I think I'm. I think I'm glad that we've had this much. I probably don't want a bottle of it. Mm, I'd say that four fifths of the flavors in there are actually quite good, and then there's mm. one fifth that's really cloying, and I just don't like. Yeah, mm. there's some really funky, as a mentholy, I suppose, mm. smoky notes in there. It, you're absolutely right on though about those smoked meats. Mm. Yeah, well, there you go, mystery whiskey. Um, well, if they all go like this, Ted, you can give me one anytime. And by one, I mean a mystery whiskey. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, buddy. You can give me one later. Hello, my name is Tedrick, and I am sitting opposite Nick Rick. Nick Rick. Rick Nick Nick. Mm. Nick Nick. The, uh, Nick, the... Nick 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 Nick. Yep weird shaped dog thing from uh, <laughs> you say the dog was weird shaped it was about the least weird shaped thing yeah. in the entire show good old Plasmo Plasmo spot spot quiz because we always struggle on this one can you remember the name of the two villains um Broton and Commodore oh, Bru- you Brutus are, you were so close Bruto Corridor Corridor and Brucho Brucho yeah I was close I was close and uh Pasty was yes. the girlfriend Pasty yep mm-hmm. Plasmo Cool. Um, Solid whiskey chat, right? Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) Well, it's the end of the night. The baby is in bed, so there's no crying in the background in this particular segment. But uh, um, (laughs) our baby, (laughs) yeah, mine, mine and Nick's. That's what all the listeners are thinking. No, no, all yours. Yeah, all mine. I just, I just, yeah, like to visit it occasionally. Ted's the um, the finishing dad. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we all know who finished here. <laughs> hey, hey, let, let's... Uh, off that topic, I have a I have a small, interesting bottle in my hand. It is small and it is interesting and it's got a lovely wax seal on the front. It does. And it is not whiskey. What? Well, I'm not interested anymore. But, but it is something to do with one of the whiskeys that we've drunk tonight. All right, what is it? It is a little bottle of smoky bacon barrel-aged natural maple syrup. Oh, we got the syrup. So this is this is the syrup that aged the barrel that made the whiskey that went into our tummies that made the podcast. Yeah, that built the house that Jack built. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, so as well as buying a bottle of smoky bacon maple whiskey, they've also sent us some maple syrup. Yeah, and I'm really curious to try that. Um, obviously, it's made to be poured over waffles with bacon. Do you want to, do you want to know some stats? Oh, 
It comes with stats. It yeah. does come with stats. I sure do. So serving size is thirty mils. Okay. Yeah. Boring. And stat, there's but... and there's six point six servings per. Or is it sixty six? Maybe. Uh, I'm going to go with six point six because uh, it's only like. Yeah, and in a in a serving there is twenty six point five grams of sugar. So. Right. Yeah, we're in the boring stats. Oh now. come on, it's good stats. Yeah. What is the the alcohol percentage? Zero. Okay. Um, it doesn't mention alcohol anywhere on here. Um, bacon parts per million? Many. <laughs> Bo- boring. I get it now. It's pig jokes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine a barrel being in a like a smokehouse for like bacon? Like, is it? Do you reckon it's going to pick up much? I mean, I, I, I reckon it I does. Think, I think it has. Well, I mean, but... I mean, smoke th- things that get smoked in smokehouses pick up. Mm. That so I yeah yeah the wood, wood I imagine wood. I imagine meat is really quite permeable to smoke but wood would be certainly permeable as well wood's permeable to other stuff so yeah exactly so can you imagine like what if they hadn't put the maple step in what if they just made bacon whiskey <laughs> uh, going the whole hog I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no I just I just don't think the balance would have been I think right. you really do need the sweetness to although yeah. if it had been smoked maybe. Yeah, mm. I'm not. I'm not just talking about the like the bacon smoking here. I'm talking about actual smoked whiskey, like yeah, peated, yeah. peated whiskey. But I, I, I did a search like when I was researching the topic about finishing whiskeys. I did a search and like no one mentioned like smoking the barrel. They all mentioned filling it with stuff, but smoking a barrel itself. Like, Smoke a barrel. Well, dude. I mean, why not just leave a barrel in a. In a peat smoker, like in the top of a kiln, when they're smoking the thing, like actually smoke the barrel. Yeah, yeah, that's like interesting, what? Actually. That could be a thing that you do. There's no rules against that. Hmm. Maybe but, um, we should try it. Yeah, I know with our pagoda kiln and. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so yes, tonight, 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 we have talked about tonight, uh, some barrel finishing. Some barrel finishing. Yes. Oh uh, yeah, barrel finishing. Um, not starting. Not middles. Not. Start of the third act? No, finishing. Finishing the crispy bits at the end. Mm. Um, yeah, barrel finishing really is a way for people to differentiate themselves. I, I feel like I've got sucked into it a bit as well. I think mm. it's particularly thing of like independent releases and stuff. Like recently, I um got. I was about to say James Hardy. No, that's yeah. that's that's asbestos lungs. Um, <laughs> no, James Eady. I got a James Eady um independent uh. 11-year-old Manic Moore origin one. Mm. And we we tried it the other night and we were both a bit of an opinion that we felt that it was a very wet barrel. The thing with the James E.D. Manic Moore is um, the colour of the spirit. Like, this is black. It is black. It's spirit. super black. Oh. The sort of black colour that makes you think that's not natural. No. Like, there is caramel colouring and then there is stuff that makes it look like sarsaparilla. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's because they finished it in a barrel that's got a good slug of sherry left in it, mm. and that sherry has gone into the whiskey, and you can taste it in there. It's got this really fresh wine, sherry sort of flavour to it. So. Yeah, I uh, know. Well, Oloroso specifically, mm. because Pedro Jimenez, like, if you're going to mix something through, it may as well be sweet. Mm. It's not Pedro Jimenez. Mm. It's a dry, dry... Mm. Like bone dryer sort of thing going on there, yeah. And um, yeah, no, it's it's full on, but yeah, that color is not natural. <laughs> but no. you know, maybe we're just skeptics. Mm. We're non-believers. I think when barrel finishing is done well, it's really good. But when it's done sort of a bit shoddily, it kind of just really ruins the the rest of the whiskey. So unless it's maple bacon, <laughs> well, I think this is the maple maple bacon has been done well. Mm. Yeah. Fair enough. So I can't comment to that because I, I don't I don't think it has been. It is bad whiskey. There's nothing been... shoddy about this one. Yeah. Yep. Well, Hayden, let us know. Shoddy or actually fair enough, this is Yeah, t- tasting panel level. Um, we will be sending, as as we said before, we will be sending some uh, Bafel Macon. Yeah. <laughs> Bafel Macon whiskey uh, to you from the Hobart distillery. Um, and everyone's getting a ginger beer cask. You're yeah. getting a ginger beer cask. You're getting a ginger beer cask. Everyone gets a ginger beer cask. Yeah! As long as Woo! You're, as long Thank as you, Oprah! As long as you're a drinking buddy, yeah. Yes, as long as you're a drinking buddy. Uh, yes, but please let us know what you think of the uh, ginger. Like, 
are you a ginger fan? Are you a ginger hater? Are you a ginger who's drinking the ginger beer cask? <laughs> it's it's gingerception. I'm pretty sure tea trout's a secret ginger. Mm, probably was once mm. upon a time. Yeah. Tea trout, please don't destroy Nick. He's warming up the robot as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Look, what also, I what I really want is like TikTok TikTok style whiskey fueled dancing. Oh, TikTok. We haven't gone on there yet. No, no, no. I feel, I feel scared. I'm too old. I just want to see some sort of whiskey-fueled twerking. Oh, I, I mean, I can twerk for you. You don't have to... We don't have to film it. Yeah. We can just be this, in the privacy is, of our own home. This is the top level of Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> to see Ted twerking. <laughs> to be at the I mean, there is there is a top level that no one has ever gone on, but yeah. that is actually a secret bonus that you can get for it. <laughs> if you buy in... You will see me twerking. Doing, <laughs> um, doing, doing the happy. I'm gonna, invent, I'm gonna invent a fake account now. <laughs> it's, it's the uh, happy Pete twerk. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, yes. Uh, also, no one else does. No if, one else If does. you're really, if you're really keen, please send us a carrier pigeon. We always love receiving them. Yeah. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks to Hayden. Is it good for uh, getting on to the patrons uh, this round? Um, Keep an eye out for Hayden's independent bottling in the future. All right, then. Well, it's time to sign off. It certainly is. It is now bedtime. Yep. Well over bedtime. Yeah, yeah. It's actually uh, three o'clock in the morning. That's right. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll go we, and warm the bed up for us, Ted. We've been drinking that long. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were just going to spoon on the armchairs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And generally what happens at this stage of the night. Yeah. All right, then. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Very good. Thank you. It's been a pleasure drinking whiskey and having you listen to us do it. Yeah, and finally, finally, I can say we've reached the finish. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> we've been building up to this the whole episode. Yep. Yep. What would you like to see whiskey waffle finished in? Mm. Please let us know. <laughs> Yep, just cyanide barrels. <laughs> uh, no, Aquil Regis, one of the uh, stronger acids out there. I think it would reduce us to... No, sorry, it wouldn't reduce us. That's a base. Ah. Uh, uh, chemistry things. <laughs> yep, all one of our chemistry interested followers have loved that joke. Yep. Anyway, um, that's all for tonight, I think. Yep. We've, we've moved far off the railway tracks here, so yep. um, it's been lovely talking to you. Yeah, lovely. And lovely drinking some whiskey. Yep. Anyway, good night, folks. Teach out. Please don't destroy us. Indeed. Keep on waffling. And good night. Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. A smoky bacon maple syrup cask finish. A truly unique whiskey. Oh, I can't drink this now. (laughs)